Greetings and salutations, family, and thank you so much for tuning in once again to this episode of Modern Faith. I'm really excited again today because guess what? Today is the continuation and completion of my conversation over a lovely meal with my best friend, Portia. We have gotten so much positive feedback from our conversation, and it's been so lovely to hear how empowering and inspiring Many of you have experienced this conversation to be so far. And guess what? It is Sunday and it is a day for good news. And guess what? My good news is that it ain't over. (laughs) Here is part two of my conversation with my best friend. And because I got some really nice feedback um, uh, on this episode and this conversation, after this final segment, between me and Porsche, I'm going to do a little bit of a talk back um, where I just respond to some of the feedback that I have received this week um, and also tack on some recommendations and some resources for those of you who might find them useful. So here is the second part. Thanks for being here once again and enjoy. Welcome to Modern Faith, a podcast for the spiritual nourishment for today's millennial woman of color. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry. Thanks for being here. Once again, I want to pick up where we left (laughs) off because that was that was getting good. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. Navigating single years. Navigating single years. Yes. How to embrace it. Not just navigating, not just getting through it, mm-hmm. but enjoy enjoying it. Yeah. Loving being single. You know, I think you start with investing in yourself. That's right. Just investing in yourself, you know. Where we would go out and we would spend money on things like brunch, where we left home and we've spent sixty dollars and maybe a hundred bucks because we had some unlimited mimosas, you know. Instead, take that money and invest in maybe some therapy. Um, what I've learned is coming out of relationships that may have been like traumatic mm. um, is that felt better when I talked about it, you know, and, and to a professional, like we talked to our friends and our family, but, you know, talking to someone who is trained and educated themselves on how to listen and respond and to remind you or give you tools and how to navigate through, um, you might not know you need it, but when you open up that, you'll realize like, you know what? I actually suffered a lot more than I thought that I did. So I strongly suggest starting there, especially if you've come out of something that was maybe three, four years, you know, in something and you're getting back out there and you're single and all this is new for you. It might be good for you to focus on yourself, on yourself, your health, on your health, your mental health. So mental health is something that I would I would strongly suggest investing in Mm -hmm. um, to start, 
you know. Um, but also your body, your health. Like, I know <clears throat> when I was going through the situation that I was going through, um, you know, with the marriage, like, I one of the things that I take away from that period was that was the time in my life that where for the first time I was working out with a trainer. Mm -hmm. And it's also the point in my life where I got really committed to my yoga practice. Okay. Yeah. And you remember when I was going to that, <laughs> that yoga place, the hot yoga, the hot yoga, sweating out my hair every week because <laughs> that just releasing those toxins. Re yes. Mm -hmm. Releasing those toxins and really just forming a, a new relationship with my body, you know, becoming attuned with my body when, you know, it let me know what it needed, yeah. when it needs rest, when it needs medicine, hydration, when it needs hydration, when it needs a different diet, mm -hmm. when it needs to be touched and held, you know, my yoga practice really helped me and it gave me a safe space, you know, like I always knew like for that hour on that mat, it was just me mm -hmm. my, and my spirit. And I practiced determination on my yoga mat. Mm -hmm. You know, I practiced. Kuchi Chagalia. <laughs> hey, self-determination. Mm -hmm. I, I practiced determination and perseverance on my mat when something was hard or when it was uncomfortable, I figured out a way to stay in it, mm -hmm. a pose. Mm -hmm. Even if it was child's pose, which is supposed to be the pose that you go to when you need to catch your breath. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a point in my practice where I could barely stand child's pose because I could barely stand to be with my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, and I learned how through my through my yoga practice like not only to be with my thoughts but to push through challenge and push and persevere through difficult postures and positions mm -hmm. and hold it yeah that's the thing about yoga you got to hold the pose for a little while and that takes mental stability it and does. strength it does and experiencing how to translate transfer that practice of being mentally stable and sound and focused on my mat for the 30 seconds that I'm in crow or whatever mm -hmm. to being mentally stable in my life, mm -hmm. you know, that was a huge takeaway from that, that season of my life. I'm glad you mentioned physical and then tied it to mental because yeah. I will say that when I was going through therapy and talking to my therapist about what I thought the problem was and I wanted to put the blame on my partner, you mm -hmm. know, and what I was not ready to look at was myself. Ooh, um, girl. <laughs> what I was not ready to, to really um, analyze was my behavior patterns Yeah, and how this wasn't the first time this happened to me. Um, and how there was a common denominator there. Um, and she started, we started really unpacking some things around family. Mm. And that segue into a whole nother spectrum. So I will say that, you know, mental health is important. You might think that you know what the problem is, but you may find in talking with someone that 
your real issue is a different root is rooted here somewhere else somewhere else and either how you were raised and watching your parents marriage and your parents relationship mm. you have now applied that to your life mm. and hasn't really been fair to you and your partner mm. and i will say that that's important and mental health instability will always be necessary in every step you take in, in, in embracing your singleness it will come up in every other way especially with you know working out like that's a mental thing yeah. you're working out and you're ready to give up and your trainer is like calls you by name <laughs> i see you i see you you know you're like okay okay and my my trainer likes to pull his phone out and record our sessions. And I used to be annoyed with that. But let me tell you, when that phone comes out, I go harder. Hello. Like, okay. You ain't gonna catch me flipping on your on your video. Exactly. So now, but it's accountability. Ah, uh, that's it's a, right. It's accountability. And yeah. oh, that's critical when you're a single year. Critical. It's critical. It's um, critical anytime, but definitely in your single years. Absolutely. You know, my friends hold me accountable. You hold me accountable. Yeah. You know, and that's why taking it back to the beginning of this, you know, we talked about how important it is to have people around you and in your circle who love you, who know what you've been through, yeah. who support you and who's going to say, mm -mm. no, you can do better. Than you me. can do better. Yeah. In fact, I know you can. I expect it. I expect it. And I'm going to hold you accountable. And I'm going to hold you to for it. For when you say that you want to do better. You and right. I see you not. And I see you not. This yeah. is what, but, but you said that you wanted to whatever, whatever. Fill in the blank. Right. I'm not going to let you not accomplish that. Yeah. I'm not going to let you not become that woman. Yeah. So mental, physical. Accountability. Accountability. Letting people in and seeing to see your life. And... You know, a lot of us struggle with our vulnerability, mm -hmm. but I think your single years is the time to get comfortable being vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, that's the time for you to get comfortable in that, you know, because your loved ones, they ain't going to judge you. You know, they've been there too. Yeah. You know, or maybe what you're going through is going to help them. Mm. You know, I always say, you know, I might not even be going through this for me. I might be going through this for somebody else, you mm. know. But I'm going to get something out of it. But Shoot. I'm going to get something out of it. If I'm going through it. I'm going to get something out of it and I'm going to be a blessing to the next one. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that that right there, you know, mm. that'll take you through. And I will say after, another thing that I, I, I lean into in embracing my single years is um, after you've done that hard work and you're in that gym and you are mm -hmm. mentally strong and you know you've worked on yourself and you you're able to present, I will say, walk in that, walk flaunt in that, it. flaunt it, flaunt it, feel liberated. That body you worked out on, those pounds you dropped, those legs you've toned up, those arms you've toned up. Throw on that sundress, throw on that body dress, throw on them heels, go out, have a good time yes. and wear that smile. That's something you can't buy. Ooh. That inner happiness. Rock that confidence. Yeah. And while you're at it, do like you said, do your inner work to build yourself up. You do know, your inner work. Yeah. break down your own stigmas, mm -hmm. break yeah. down your own walls. 
You and know? be comfortable in your skin and in who you are. You know, I think that sometimes we look on social media and we see women who are beautiful and who look perfect and all these things. And we feel like we have to look like that. We just need to be the best versions of ourselves. Yes. And the version that we love. And the version that we love, you know. And part of why I enjoy being single is that I don't have to prove myself to anybody. To anybody. I don't. I don't. I don't owe that to anyone to no one i don't the only thing that i especially not to no man especially to a man and i have to say like my relationship to my body has changed in my single years because there was definitely a point where in my 20s and i'm just gonna say it i had this conversation with that young man at that at parlor last night like your 20s is about enjoying life your 30s is about applying the lessons and elevating and and also your whole life is about enjoying your life you know that's the non-negotiable i'm gonna enjoy my life yeah because you know what you're not here forever it's short it's short not gonna live life with no regrets yeah and uh you know my relationship to my body in my 20s was so dependent upon how someone else viewed my body Mm. how Mm -hmm. someone else appreciated my body how someone else made my body feel and then and now it's so much more about how I want my body to feel, how I want to treat my body, the luxuries I'm going to give to my body, the self-care basics I'm going to give to my body because this is the only body that I have. Mm-hmm. And I need my body to understand. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you for getting up out of the bed in the morning and working the way you work. You might be sore. Some days I might be X, Y, Z, but I appreciate you. Fighting for me when I'm sick. Fighting, Fighting for, for me when, when I'm, I'm sick. The virus. Yeah. Commanding yeah. me to rest when I'm, I've worn you down, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and really, honestly, being able to get to the point where I love my body the way it is. The way that it is. Absolutely. No, yeah. I'm not ripped. No, I'm not Instagram model. But I love my body. Mm-hmm. And... I I love the places where it's soft. I love the places where it rolls. Oh. I love the places or where it dimples. Where it dimples. Mm-hmm. I love the places where it looks great and I love the places where I still have work to do. Right. And you know, that is a relationship that you can cultivate while you're single. Mm-hmm. How you feel about your body, how you love on your body without the gaze right of a partner. Right. Yeah. And um, when you build that up, there's no room to accept anything less from someone else. Once Ooh, you get to that place, that. once you get to that place and you're walking in your truth and your purpose and you are who you are and you're comfortable with that, you're not going to allow anyone to come in and disturb that energy, disturb that peace, disturb that joy. <laughs> Don't there is no room. <laughs> And so I say that to say, you know, as we do start to get back out there and we're dating and we're meeting new men and we're giving our Instagram handles, our digits or whatever have you, if y'all still say that, you mm-hmm. know, we, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm perfect, girl. Well, this is for, this is for the next woman. Uh-huh. I will, my advice is 
when you see a sign early, when you see a little a bit red of flag. A, a red flag, some stalker-like behavior, something that don't make you feel good. Something that doesn't make you feel good. Cut it off, sis. Pay attention. Cut it off. Let it go. Dead weight. You don't need it. You there don't need is, it. There, there is always a man out there. And also pay attention to the green lights. And one to the, the green lights. One of the things that you and me talked about just yesterday that I've had to embrace is how unexpected some of the aspects of my relationship are, but how it checks off so many of the boxes that I've been praying for. Oh. And no, I did not expect that I would find the kind of partnership that I have with the person mm -hmm. that I have found, the man that I have found, and now I'm building this thing with. But I have to say, like, but these are the things I've been hoping, waiting, and praying for. And we got to pay attention to the green lights, too. We have to. Because they might come in unexpected packages. They And you know what? Oftentimes they do. And I will say this. You know, you pray for something for so long and God gives it to you. You're like, God, I want this. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And you get it. You're like, oh, well, 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 wait. Oh, it's here now? Oh, okay. Uh, Don't get scared now. It's here. It's here. You, yeah. asked, for you asked for this. You wanted this. Take it's the here. journey. Take the journey. Trust Embrace it. it. Absolutely. And you know what? Know that if he sent it your way, especially after a storm, you know, I believe, Woo! I believe on the other side of that is the miracle. And we just have to be ready to walk in it. Ha! And, you know, that confidence is what's going to draw that partner closer to us, yeah. you know, and Standing up for yourself and, and having boundaries around how, even how he treats you, even the one that's into yes. you, right? Because people are not going to be perfect and they're going to make mistakes and so are you. Mm. And it's all about how you treat that person, even in those moments, handle it with care, mm. learn from it, grow from it and know that, yeah, this person was sent to me, but this person is not perfect. This person is still man, right? Mm. Take care of the things that matter to you and be gentle with those things that make you feel good. Yeah. Right. And honor. And honor it. Yeah. Honor so, it. you know, I love that you also said that green flags and red flags are things yes. to look also look out for. Not just the red flags, but to also look for the green flags. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like we're all imperfect people. And as such, we're looking for safe places to land. Okay. We're looking for places where there's warmth and there's acceptance. And we're looking for places where there's a sense of, you know, if it works, great. If mm -hmm. it doesn't, great. But in the process, I'm going to be gentle and loving and compassionate. And I'm going to. I'm going to take the journey as authentically as I can. No one at this point in our lives, no one wants to be heartbroken again. Yeah. No and one wants to go through that disappointment again. No one wants to waste their time. No one wants to. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody oh, got you. time for that. No, you, you, you've been showing me all day. No one wants to waste their time. Mm -hmm. and And that's for love relationships and that's for um sisterhood relationships that's for professional relationships so that being said <laughs> i'm really glad mm -hmm. that you were my first 
conversation on this podcast. Yes, I am honored. I have had an amazing time talking. I'm almost even proud of recording. Um, Girl, because this is how we do. This is how we do. And it, I just love that we're taking this time out, you know, to just have a moment, you know, moment. have a moment. and Over this re- beautiful meal. Over this beautiful meal um, that we prepared together, mm-hmm. you know, hearkening back to our college days where we would have a Mexican fiesta together. Girl, it was um, a humble fiesta. It was a humble one. But it was know, a fiesta. We elevate now, now. <laughs> you know, we're here having healthy food. You know, we've had a great workout today. Mm. And I you just You killed wanna, that orange girl, theory, girl. But I just want to say to you, you know, while we're here, before we close out that I, I love you. I am so proud of you um, for the work that you're doing, for the work that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you for having me here. I just really, really, I know that this podcast is going to be a blessing. And yes. I'm just grateful that I was a part of that. And I hope that whatever I said today can be a blessing to even one person would be enough for me. Me too. And I love you too. And I know like... We have so much in store for us. Like, it's been a long time coming, but we're still just scratching the surface. Oh, yes. Girl, we're still just scratching the surface. Best is yet to come. Best is yet to come (laughs) for both of us. And I'm also proud of you. Thanks, sis. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And I just want you to continue to flourish. I wish nothing but God's blessings, God's Best blessings, highest blessings for you, my sister. (laughs) Thank you. Mm. Let's make some lattes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And made those lattes we did. And they were just as good and just as lovely, not only as the bread that we broke, but in the conversation that we shared And as I promised at the beginning of this episode, I received so much wonderful feedback uh, from this conversation this week that I wanted to just take a couple of moments, not just to talk back, but to thank um, a few people who really showed up with some really um, affirming words. And so I'll start here with a question that I got from Tammy on Instagram, whose handle is at runlivelove2. She wrote to me and she asked, you mentioned you guys do not live in the same state, but manage to stay so connected. Any tips on how you do that, especially when you have other friends who live closer to you? So one, thank you, Tammy, for the question. And a couple of thoughts that I have on that, um, and I'll begin with just one word, it's intentionality. Um, this might have come up um, a time or two in part one, but um, I think it serves to be underscored here is, you know, um, any long distance relationship, whether it is a romantic or a platonic situation, is much like any other situation that we have in our lives. We often get out what we put in and we put in that which we intend to put in, that which we make the space and the time and allocate the resources in our lives to put into said entity. And our friendship is much the same way. Um, it operates um, on a 
um, day-to-day basis where each day we are intending to um, touch base, even if it is through a series of texts and um, or whatever. Typically, five days out of seven, we have some form of communication. And so I really wish that I could be a little bit more um, detailed about what we do But I honestly think that at this point in our lives, it's um, our communication has become so much a part of both of our rhythms that if it doesn't happen, it begins to feel like "Hmm, something might be missing. I know, you know, if I go a couple of days and I haven't spoken to my best friend, I start to feel like I'm I'm missing out on whatever might be happening in her life. I always feel like an action to call and just check in. Um, So A is intentionality. B, I think you also have to decide these are the things and these are the moments that I'm absolutely not going to miss. So like we mentioned in part one, um, there have been some extremely high moments that have taken place in both of our lives that we've both been there to bear witness to physically. And there have been some you know, not so highlight moments that both of us have taken it upon ourselves. Like I need to go see about my friend. Um, And so um, you uh, have to choose and decide like these are the things or these are the moments that I do not want to miss and be open to the way that life and its vicissitudes can take place from out of thin air. And um, as long as you're committing that watershed and benchmark moments in your life, you're not going to go through those alone. Um, I think that's really important as well. In answer to the second part of the question, especially when you have other friends who live closer to you, the beautiful thing about that part of your question is that it even exists, right? The fact that we have other friends that who, who live closer to us is, again, um, just a sign and a symbol that, you know, we're not alone. And so I, I do think that in the, in, in the bigger picture of our lives, every relationship, every encounter has its place. Um, you just have to make the, the decision, um, about again, what your intentions are for those relationships and what you intend to invest in them. Um, I know I have a number of friends who maybe don't live all the way in California, but they live closer and some friends who live here in um, Atlanta. Those relationships deserve and and, and demand some level of investment and some level of accountability and Um, they get that from me as well. And so I I do hope (laughs) that I did not erase the place and the importance of other relationships, specifically those that might be closer because, um, you know, sometimes you just want to get, get together with your friends and, you know, go have dinner or go grab a drink. Just last week, me and my girlfriend Rashonda just decided to get together on a whim. And it was awesome because we all need, um, that time and that engagement with our sister friends. So, um, I'm hoping that, um, we all kind of, uh, see that all of our relationships and the quality thereof are a function of how much we pour into them, whether near or far. So thanks so much for the question, Tammy. 
I um, also wanted to lift up a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful word of affirmation that um, we received from Melody Waller. She was one of my friends in Chicago. And I, I thank God for Melody because she's always, um, in my memories of her, she's just always shown up and she's always been so kind and so supportive. And this week she posted in one of the groups that we're in on Facebook and she said the following. Shout out to Reverend Dr. Nichelle R. Guidry for her Modern Faith podcast episode, Sisterhood Saves, Breaking Bread with My Best Friend. So many powerful lines, so many spot on thoughts in this conversation. No spoilers if you haven't listened already, but I will say that the line, God has reminded me that God is still with me through you, was one of the most powerful statements that I've ever heard regarding relationships of deeply close sister friends. I have shared the episode with my friend and I'm looking forward to hearing part two. I think I may try to get her to record one of our conversations too. Powerful. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Melody. Um, I'm really happy to hear uh, that the episode hit home for you and um, that it's also become a little bit of a resource to you and your best friend. I think that somewhere in that conversation, I think we were both really hopeful that um, we would leave our listeners with a sense of gratitude for the sister friends and the colleagues who have shown up in your lives. Um, because I think sometimes um, as Black women, one of the things that we are constantly talking about and perhaps even socialized around is that we should look for the um, either either all of the needs that we have or a grand majority of them to be given to us in romantic partnerships um, without really allowing for the ways in which some of those needs are met by our in in different kinds of relationships um i personally um understand and i know that it's actually quite irrational to think that one person can deliver all of your needs and fulfill you 100% and so um, one of the ways that God has shown up and shown out in my life is by introducing me to the notion of an ecosystem, an emotional ecosystem that has allowed me to see that our my needs are complex and they are many. And uh, as such, God has given me multiple people and multiple relationships, um, not just to grow and to to evolve in, because I think that that's really the primary context for growth is in relationship, but also to experience um, the ways that my community holds me up and meets those needs. And it's also been huge uh, personal evolution to relax my expectations a little bit of my romantic partners because I've realized A, that they're not able to fulfill all those needs and B, that I have a I have more resources and um, relationships that are um, in my life to be able to do that. And so um, I'm hopeful also that our conversation got some people to thinking about the sacred role of sisterhood in our growth and our elevation and in our fulfillment and our as humans and um, 
the need, the very human needs that we have to feel loved and connected and um, held down. So thank you, Melody. I also received a, a note on Facebook from my girlfriend, Shun, in Memphis, who just wanted to affirm the transparency of the conversation. And, you know, I honestly, you know, when I think about modern faith, I think that transparency is kind of at the heart of the mission and the vision of modern faith, because a lot of faith discourse and a lot of spiritual talk is um, very, very much so rooted in these antiquated and somewhat white supremacist respectability politics. We don't get to be transparent when we talk about God as black women in many spaces. And so I'm not about that life. Transparency is what you will find here at Modern Faith. Thank you all for that. I also wanted to just share just two quick resources because in this episode, Portia mentioned therapy and um, Portia and I, have both deeply benefited from relationships with therapists. Over the years, I have had about three or four relationships with um, different therapists um, in different seasons and in light of different events. And I know for a fact that (laughs) my therapists have been godsends because you know, if we talk about God being not being the author of confusion, and if we talk about the peace of God that surpasses our understanding being available to us in Christ, then I have come to realize and to see and to view these therapists as God's agents who do God's work in our lives if we allow them to. And um, for many, if we are privileged to be able to do that. And so I wanted to just share two uh, quick resources to my sisters who might be considering therapy or who are in need of a therapist. And the first one is um, the Psychology Today directory of therapists. And they range from psychiatry to psychologists to marriage and family therapists to people who have a variety of specialties. But I love this directory because you can go into psychologytoday.com. You can put in your location. You can put in your demographics. You can put in uh, what you're struggling with, or you can even put in what you're hoping to accomplish in therapy. And the search engine will bring you up some options that are just manifold. And for the for most of the therapists in my life in the last um, five to six years, I have found them on this directory because it um, it has an extensive search uh, filter op- filter options. And um, because I, I really do think it's so reputable that um, people go, providers go out of their way to become listed on this directory. So psychologytoday.com and their directory. And another directory that I have found pretty useful is the Therapy for Black Girls directory. It's a beautiful uh, organization movement that was founded right here in Atlanta by Dr. Joy Harden. And it's a beautiful, uh, incredible movement because Dr. Joy Harden, as a Black woman herself, has really centralized a lot of the questions and issues and lived experiences of Black women in the building of her platform. 
And if you go to their website, therapyforblackgirls.com, not only can you find the directory, but you can also find some really, really good resources, including her podcast that she's really consistent with and is really, really useful. So let me be that pastor in your pocket that destigmatizes therapy, that destigmatizes mental health, and speaks directly to you and into your life and affirms that you, just as much as anyone else, um, deserve tenderness and you deserve gentleness and you deserve healing and you deserve to take a, a journey of and into wholeness. And it's okay, sis, that sometimes you need help with that. And sometimes you can't do that by yourself. And sometimes you've got to call in the troops and you've got to utilize other resources. It's okay. There are people whom God has specifically called and designed and appointed in this earth to be healers and to be guides. And many of them, all you got to do is give them a call fill out a survey, pay a copay if you have to, and go sit in a chair across from them and just talk things out. And they are God's agents of healing. You know, many of us grew up not utilizing that, not thinking that that was okay. Many of us grew up praying sadness away, praying depression away, praying our pain away because what happened in our home stayed in our homes or because we were sworn to secrecy about the traumas that we endured or because it, it, it wasn't a part of our construct of holiness to think about going to get therapy. But you know, it's 2019 and it's time for some evolution of thought, particularly in the face of so much black death and particularly in the face of so much mental uh, distress and so much emotional despair, um, we are at a point where we have to be agents and advocates of our own wellness and wholeness and healing. And I believe that therapy, and I believe even that medication from time to time, one, one day I'll do a podcast on how I took an antidepressant as a high school student so that I could get my mind right. I say that to say I know from my own experience that um, God delivered me uh, because I had a therapist who could see that I needed some help. And because my, my mother in particular um, wanted to see me whole and well. And so, again... It is God's work. Therapists are God's agents. And there is nothing wrong and everything right with seeking out the help that you need. So that's the end of this episode. God bless. Thank you for listening to Modern Faith. And I will see and hear you back here on the next episode.